Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's episode is called Sanity. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. And we're going to talk to you all about how to be in control of your digital life, at least our own perspective on what that means, and also where social media can serve you and where it provides problems and, and merely distracts you from living your life. So we're coming to you with this topic because we just finished out a four-week-long free social media summer camp where we brought over 300 people through a month-long summer camp focused on improving their social media skills across four social platforms. And this was a great success for our community. A lot of people had great feedback for us and were able to sort of up-level their game on social for their business. But the whole time we were putting this thing together in the month or so leading up to July, the the social media challenge spanned all of July of 2017, we were a little bit nervous about sort of the ethical implications behind promoting social media this heavily. And Sandy, I know you were obviously more troubled by the fact that it was a month long than I was. And now I agree that that was a long time to be focused on social media. You should always listen to me, Jenny. I know. I've, I, I think I've learned my lesson. Well, you know what? We went down from a 40-day social media challenge, which we've been running for the past year and a half. And then this it was one was only 30. 31 yeah. days. So I shaved nine days off of it. So you should be proud of me. Baby steps. Next challenge is only going to be like five to 10 days max. And I will not be swayed otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was a public declaration, folks. So yeah, the reason that we wanted to do this episode is because we're very concerned. Both of us share this concern about the ethical implications of promoting social media. I have a lot of personal feelings about social media that I try to set aside in order to <laughs> run our business and achieve our business objectives because it's also a super powerful tool to use in a business. But from a personal standpoint, I find most interactions on most platforms deeply troubling and I don't feel happier in my own life when I'm using social media very frequently. <laughs> and I almost don't use it like I hardly ever use it because of that. And so there's a lot of great research and there are a lot of great stories and resources about why social media is problematic and dangerous for both adults and children. And so we wanted to, to sort of pour through some of that today and then leave you at the end of this episode with a number of tips, tricks, and tactics that you can use to help bring some sanity into your own digital life. Just to be clear, Jenny, I want to make sure that people understand that it sounds a little bit funny to say, oh, we just did this four-week thing on social media, and then we're coming and saying how dangerous it is. But I think our message is that, yeah, we need to be there, and it's a part of running a business, but we want to talk about how you spend your time on social media and make sure that you're actually getting a return. So we explored four different social media platforms during the challenge with the end goal that the participants would figure out which one really worked for them. And we were not saying you need to be on every single platform every day, 
you know, that was not the message. It's explore these different ways of doing business or talking about your business on these different platforms and then figure out where your people are and where you're most comfortable. And that's where you're going to focus your time because we don't want, nobody wants to spend their life on social media. Like it's, it's just not fun. And so just, yeah, so just sort of coming off that, we've had some conversation about what it means to us, how much we personally spend, how we're, even with Namastream and Soulful MBA, how are we going to go forward with social media through the summer and looking into fall? Like, what are we going to do in the future? I think this conversation, Jenny, is one of the more important ones that we've had because as a society, I think it's, it needs to be a conversation. That's absolutely right. And I think it's particularly true for people who are running businesses on the internet because we have to be online a lot. And a lot of us find our clients through social media. But at the same time, there is a way to build a business in a modern online way without succumbing to sort of having your life being taken over by these businesses. This is in some ways a continuation from our previous podcast on humanity, which was just a couple episodes back. And that conversation was really talking about the role that tech companies play in our lives and who's designing the products that we use and love every day. And and some sort of talking to our own community who's using our tool and saying, okay, like, how are you using this? Are you thinking about the long-term implications of what you're creating with the tool? Because you have a huge impact. Whenever you're using technology, you have this leveraged tool where you have sort of a disproportionate impact compared to what you'd have if you were doing that same business in person and locally. So you have to use and create, in our case, online tools and digital tools with the responsibility of knowing that you have this like skewed amount of impact with what you're doing. That episode started this conversation. And now we're, I think, pivoting a little bit to talk about what you can do very tactically in your own life to provide more sanity to yourself. Before we move into tactics, you found my new hero. His name is Tristan Harris. And I really want to preface all our tactics with the acknowledgement that there are companies that are on the other side of all these social media platforms and operating systems that are creating, I don't know what the verb is, but they are manipulating us. Yeah, I think that's the right word. They are sitting there thinking, how can I get their attention, right? Like everything, it's like this race for our attention. And so we often think about ourselves using social media, but I just want to introduce the idea that there are other people who are designing these products that we use, these services every day that are trying to hijack us. And so I think there has to be an awareness about that. And that's not something I hear in our community anyway that's being acknowledged. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand the extent to which there is a psychological direction to how these tools are created. They are designed to manipulate. And manipulation, I don't think is done with any kind of negative or ill will, right? It's done in order to increase their bottom line and prove their metrics to their investors. So Tristan Harris, my favorite quote of his is that technology is not neutral. And I think we just go about adopting a tool and start using it, thinking, oh, what can this do for me? Or how can I use this to better my life or better my business or create more efficiency for my family or, you know, whatever the tool is designed to do. But you're not necessarily cognizant of the fact that somebody at the other end of that product has put a lot of time, money and attention into figuring out how to keep you on that product longer and to get you to adopt it in the first place. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about Tristan's work in the hustle for today. But there is a TED Talk. One of the things that we're going to refer you to is a TED Talk that he gave this year. So YouTube, when you watch a video, you'll notice that another video auto plays right after it. And that is because YouTube wants you to stay on YouTube longer. And they've determined that if they start auto playing the next video, whatever video their machine learning thinks you should watch next based on your previous history of clicks and views, right, that you'll stay on YouTube longer. And then Netflix realized like, oh, wow, well, every minute that somebody's staying on YouTube is a minute that they're not on Netflix. So then Netflix started auto playing the next episode in a TV series if you're watching on Netflix. And then Facebook (laughs) says, wait, you are not on Facebook enough because you, these other tools are autoplaying. So now we're going to start autoplaying every video in your newsfeed. And you can see how it's a race to try to get and keep your attention all the time. And every single app is designed through gamification and other tools that we mentioned in the humanity episode that we referred to. One of the metrics that they use is how long are users staying on the platform and how often are users using the platform. And that's the only metric. That's the only metric is attention. How many how many eyeballs do I have on my app? Yeah. They're not thinking about society, the person, the person's mental well-being, you know, like it's And what is that person not doing because they're spending an extra 15 minutes staring at a panda video. <laughs> Netflix for me personally, I can say when they brought in that autoplay for Netflix binge watching. I don't even think that was a term before they started autoplaying the episodes, right? But I mean, I would never sit and watch TV that much, but I do now because it's like, oh, here, it's already started. I got (laughs) it. It's terrible. It draws you in, right? Like you hear the song starting to play, like Pretty Little Liars. Got your hooks, Sandy. My dog even reacts to that uh, that theme song. (laughs) But it, what, what frightens me is that it's no longer my choice, right? And I'm, I'm not even aware that I'm not deciding. I am just sucked in without even a decision having been made. Yeah. And so I think that's one of our major messages suggest today is like, you need to make the choice. You should be deciding how much you are in front of your screen and not the engineers on the other side who are designing this to capture your attention, who are only caring about how many hours you're sitting in front of their app or their screen. Can I just say something about the beauty of a paid software product versus a free software product? We sell software. Everyone who uses our software pays for it. So our metric is, do you like the product? Do you want to keep using it? Great, you pay for it. So we don't, I don't care at all. I don't have to prove to anyone that you're using the product enough because you have so many minutes a month that you're using it. I want you to use it. I want you to benefit from it. I want you to do whatever you want to do with it to succeed in your business, right? But I don't have to devise all of these tactics to track user minutes. We do track user minutes. We have, well, for students, for your students, we have all of that information tracked in our database. But I don't have to worry about it. Versus all of the free tools that you use. When Sandy's saying the only metric that matters, she's talking about these free tools where you don't have to pay for them. And it seems like there's no cost associated. The cost, in my mind, is way higher than paying a fee to use the service. The cost in this case is being hijacked so that your eyeballs are staying on your screen looking and engaging with that particular application. And that's your time, right? And time to me is way more important a metric in your life versus a small amount of money. So I just think about, especially when you're using free tools, which we're going to get into social media here, are essentially all free tools. 
when you're using these free online tools, this is where you have to worry because this is where you can gar- I can guarantee you that someone who's devising these free tools for you to use is deeply concerned about keeping you on that platform as long as humanly possible. We're going to reference Tristan Harris's TED Talks at the end of this episode, but in it, I believe he says, at the end of our life, all we had was time and attention. You know, he asked the question, is this what you want to do with your time and attention? Yeah. And he also points out, like, what if, like, we, you know, we spend hours and hours and our teenagers and our children spend hours and hours focusing on, like, crushing candy and farm I don't even know, I don't even know what that I is, honestly. <laughs> There's some farm game, right? At the end of the day, that's what we spent, you know, all these hours focusing on. And it doesn't make any sense. And he kind of puts the question, the sort of philosophical question, like, climate change is not going to solve itself. Like, what if we focus? What if we took all this brain power that's looking at social media all these hours or scrolling through Facebook? What if we put our attention on solving a bigger world problem? Now you're talking my language, Sandy. I know, I know. I thought of you and this, you know, kind of puts it into perspective. Like, what am I doing with my life? Even if it is 10 minutes of my day or which it never typically is, right? You know, I noticed that when I've spent a lot of time on social, and I don't know if this is true for others as well, but I'm way less likely to want to engage with the people in real life. Like when I go to the market to do my grocery shopping or I go to the yoga studio and there's people around me on mats, I, f- I don't, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I'm like deeply irritated by people IRL t- trying to talk to me. Like I don't want to talk to you. After you spent time on social media? Yeah, like I want to choose who I engage with on demand when I feel like it on my terms. And I think this is absolutely happening to other people. Maybe not everyone is influenced this way, but I noticed like if I've been offline for a few hours, I'm a much more open person to the world around me. So I just went out, we were talking about this a few minutes ago, Sandy, before we started recording. I just went out on a boat on the lake by our house all day. And I don't take my phone out on the weekends when I'm with my family. I only take it out when I'm alone or alone with my child and I need to have a phone with me. Like I don't trust myself with my device because I was on a beautiful lake. There was an osprey and a bald eagle fighting for a fish above me that I would have been taking pictures of for Instagram, right? There's like fog rolling in over the hills from behind the sea. You know, like I went, it just, my mind would be thinking like, is that a picture I should be taking? Is that a picture I should be taking? Do I need to take a picture of this? I might want to use this on Instagram or post it on Facebook or whatever. And I know that I have that way of thinking because we all do. So I just, I have to keep the phone away. And I noticed, so I, we went out to lunch after this morning on the boat and I felt like I can make eye contact with the waitress at the restaurant. And like, I can make small talk waiting for the line for the ladies room. You know, it's this. That's called being human. Yeah. Like, that's what it used to be like. Mm-hmm. And I noticed like, oh, wow, there's a beautiful sunrise. Human beings are just always attached to our devices and engaging with people online. I think it's really hard to transition back to real life. I think last episode, or maybe it was the humanity episode, you said like technology is supposed to improve our lives. And I think, you know, in many ways it does. Absolutely. And we can create businesses. We can do many wonderful things, but there's a lot of negative with technology. Yeah. And I think this idea that Tristan Harris is putting forward that we should be demanding that the engineers and the designers of these tools try to improve our lives as opposed to make us feel like you just described. 
And he's basically saying like, there is another way. And he's saying like, what if the technology was such that when we woke up in the morning, the only thing that would appear on our home screen of our phone would be that meditation app. And it's, there's nothing else that's visible that we can get dragged into so that it would promote us to sit there and which is what we wanted to do. The first thing we wanted to do is to meditate. What if our technology promoted that kind of behavior? And one could argue about this is not, you know, an argument for or against meditation apps, but just as an example, like that's something where the distractions are gone. What you need to do right now when you get out of bed is sit there and and use this app for meditation. Nothing else is visible. I think that is so powerful. He's really trying to start a movement around making technology work for us. And he has many examples on his website, which we'll reference about protecting your focus. Mm-hmm. Like just the stuff that Cal Newport was talking about how important the focus is. Mm-hmm. And Tristan Harris is describing things that we could do or, or the engineers could do or the designers could do to protect our focus, you know, as opposed to the complete opposite that it is now, which is like scatter our focus into a million different things. I totally agree and love that idea. We should be able to program our devices in any way we want. So if you wanted to start with a meditation app and then have like a yoga app open up and then only be able to see the weather and like I would love to be able to turn my phone on in the morning out of airplane mode and just be able to see the weather without seeing all of my notifications. And so I have started removing (laughs) all the social media apps and turning off notifications where I can but it's actually hard to turn off notifications for every single application. Like it's, it takes a lot of time and dedication to do that. So we'll get into some strategies for that in a minute. But I think that the purpose today of this conversation is to make you aware of the extent to which your attention span is being hijacked by technology. In many cases, it's social media. And although we want you to be using social media in a way that's growing your business and that's creating, you know, abundance in your life. That's something we promote and think is great. You need to do it with awareness of the bigger picture and how your engagement with these tools is impacting your life. And I think we really want you to be strategic about what platforms you're on and be willing to give up the ones that aren't serving you so that it doesn't even take one minute of your day to carve out time for something that you don't need to be on because it's not benefiting your life or your business enough. Yeah. Why don't we move into some of our tactics? Yes. If we're business owners, we know that we need to be on social media and using these platforms. So we're going to give you six different ideas of how you can change how you operate so that you are getting return on the time that you spend on these different platforms. I think that's a good way to put it. So number one, kill your notifications. I don't have any notifications on my phone other than Slack from you. I have a lot of power, don't I, Sandy? (laughs) You do. What does that say? Yeah. Any social media, when somebody mentions you, like there's no reason to have to like jump ever, ever. No, there's no reason. So I just want to say, turn your notifications off. And if you have a Mac laptop, we do this every day when we're working and when we're about to record a podcast or we're doing a Facebook Live, you click on like the three little bars with dots on them in the top right hand of your screen if you have a Mac. And there's a notifications tab and you can slide it over to say, turn off notifications. And I don't actually know how long they stay off, Sandy. Do they just stay off for the, I have to do it constantly. You know what? I don't know. 
But what's interesting about that, if people went and did that right now, they would not see the notifications. You have to kind of like scroll up to find like turn notifications on off. Yeah, you have to scroll up, right? You hit notifications. So you'll open up those three bars. It's not the regular hamburger menu. It's a weird looking little menu. And then there's a today top bar and a notifications top bar. You click notifications and then you scroll up, as Sandy said, and there's two options. There's night shift and do not disturb. And you're going to slide do not disturb from off to on. It's a toggle. Interesting that they don't make it visible. If you just click, you have you can't see it. Yeah. Right? No, it's hard to figure it out. And then it turns itself off. And I don't know. I know I have to do it every day. I'm sure there's a way in your settings and your Mac to change that, but it's not intuitive at all, right? So the other thing I will tell you, Facebook notifications, if you use Chrome for Facebook, the turning off the notifications on your Mac does not turn off your Facebook notifications, which is pure evil. Yeah. You have to go into your Chrome settings to do it, and it's also complicated. You just Google how to do it, and it's terribly annoying. That's one thing I will say is that I'm always like, oh, I'm in do not disturb mode. Everything's fine. And then like Facebook notifications are coming through. Okay, we're going to get into the point two, the newsfeed eradicator, which we're going to talk about in a second. But I'm just going to tell you, even if you've installed the newsfeed eradicator in Google Chrome for Facebook, which kills your newsfeed whenever you open Facebook, all you can see are, you can see whenever you're tagged in anywhere, and you also can access your groups. But I will say that even if you have newsfeed eradicator turned on, you have that Chrome extension installed, and you've turned off notifications for Facebook or you're in do not disturb mode, you'll still get notifications, like even though you have newsfeed eradicator. So anyway, it's like Facebook is sort of, <laughs> they're like, they're a little bit evil, right? And they're really powerful. They're by far the biggest platform still around in terms of social. And I think it's the most powerful way to grow a business on the internet today. However, it comes with a very high price tag, which is your time and attention. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. What Jenny just described is a Chrome extension. You can also use an app called Freedom. You can say specifically what websites you want to be blocked and that will block it from your desktop, from your tablet and your phone. So that will go across all of your different devices. So if you want to take it to the next step and absolutely not be able to go on Facebook, if you are writing, for example, or you have to really focus deeply and you don't even want to be tempted, then that's a, a great option. So that was number three. Yeah. The next one is Feedly. And I just have to say that even my inbox is a distraction. So if I get an email with a blog post of a, something that I want to read, I will typically leave it in my inbox to read later. And then when I go back to read it, I'll get dragged into all sorts of conversations or I will never end up reading what I intended to read. So having the blog posts that you are very interested in come into your inbox is a dangerous game. And so Feedly is a fantastic option. And Jenny, you use this. So why don't you explain how it works for you? Oh my God, I don't know what I would do without Feedly. For those of you who like to subscribe to RSS feeds for blogs, it's essentially an RSS feed reader. And Google used to have an RSS feed and tool and they retired it a few years ago, which made me really sad because it was like my happy place where all of my like 
arts and crafts and fashion blogs and like healthy cooking blogs were stored. So now I use Feedly and I love Feedly. And I think there are, there are other tools like Feedly that you can use, but I think Feedly sort of like the lead, the leader in the game right now. You can create an account for free. They do have paid accounts that have more bells and whistles, but I just use the free one. You can, I think, create an account with Google or Facebook or just, you know, email and password. And then you just paste in the URL for the blogs that you want to follow and it adds them into your feed. So I go into my Feedly every night before bed. This is like my, what I do my reading before my book reading. And I see all the latest blog posts that are posted from all the blogs I chose to subscribe to. And I don't subscribe to any business blogs in my Feedly at all. It's all my personal, happy, pleasurable, like literature blogs, and like all the stuff that makes me happy. And um, yeah, and it's just a way to be able to enjoy reading, you know, on your own terms and not have to deal with it in an inbox or even just to me, it's irritating to go to like from blog to blog to blog in a browser window because I go down the wormhole of like opt-ins and sidebars and you know, it's just too easy to have other stuff happen. So I, I take this to the next level because I have an iPad and this is maybe like hyper bizarre, but I have an iPad that's specifically like my pleasure iPad, meaning it is like my blog feed reader and it's like my Audible and it's Hulu and like HBO, right? And that's it and Netflix. So this is purely just stuff for fun. And I have no email set up on that iPad and I have no Slack and no Facebook and no social, no, like no social platforms at all. So there's nothing that can ping me at all on my iPad ever. And it's amazing. Strictly consuming the content you want. Yeah. This is not for work. <laughs> this is my personal time and I will not be hijacked by like anything or anybody like work or not work, right? No social, nothing. Yeah, that's great. So it is just like if I want to read or listen to a book or watch a movie or read my blogs. And that's anyway, I highly recommend it. If you have an old iPad or something like turn it into just a personal device. And the next one is Facebook group app. Is that actually what it's called, Jenny? Yeah, Facebook groups. The beauty of Facebook <laughs> is that they have essentially their own apps for all of like the different things you do in Facebook. They each have their own apps. So there's like regular Facebook, which I will never have on my phone, by the way. We run two groups for our business, right? So I have the Facebook groups app installed on my phone in case I do need to do some work. I do have some work stuff on my phone and I can access all of my groups and fully interact with my groups through the groups app. It also, I believe, is the only way that you can Facebook live into a group. So you probably already have this app if you do Facebook lives at all. You can't do Facebook lives into your group from your regular Facebook app. So yeah, Facebook group app. And there's also a messenger app that is danger zone, folks. That is Try correct. Yep. your best not to download the Facebook messenger app. But anyway, the groups app is a great service because it is still allows you to feel tied into your work if you do run Facebook groups like we do and not have to get hijacked by regular Facebook. Yeah. And then the last one is a new platform we've discovered recently called SmarterQ. And it's it's good. It's going to be really good for us. So we are just starting with this platform, but what we had before, so this is something that will automatically schedule and post your social media for you. 
So we had been using Meet Edgar, which we loved, but it didn't do Instagram. And so we were also using Later for Instagram, which I know many of our followers do use Later as well for Instagram and Hootsuite too. So we were using like all sorts of like two or three things always at the same time. And Tailwind and Board Booster. And Tailwind, yeah. Forgot about those ones. Ah, so SmarterQ is going to take everything and everything will be in one place for us. So we are able to really batch our social media and sit down and schedule things out, including Instagram. Now you still have to receive the notification that there's an Instagram post that needs to get pushed live. Exactly like later, it will copy and paste. And so you have to do that on your phone, but it does take about I don't know, like 10 seconds to just copy and paste and, and post it, but it's all under one platform. And so cost-wise, we watch every little expense that goes out. And so this was one cost savings for us is that just switching to SmarterQ will save us some money every month. And it's also just the saving of time by having one single social media tool that we use that we can say like, this is the one hour a week that we're going to focus on social media, you know, beyond engagement with our groups. And I think that to me, like even just transitioning from like Tailwind to Board Booster, that's like a time, right? Like, oh, wait, this mm -hmm. is different yep. in this way. And I've got to remember my login or like my browser didn't cache it right because I changed my password. Like just simplify your digital life. Like that's like the other side of this advice. So if there's one tool, even if it were more expensive, but if there's one tool that replaces three, that saves you sanity. And like the title of this episode is Sanity. And the whole point is don't give up your attention and your precious waking hours of your life to, to tech tools that you don't need to do, right? So sanity, one tool, minimize, simplify, get it done, be in control of it. Don't let it control you. And the joy. I love the joy. Um, it's a little bit lighter than what we normally do. It's not an entire book or a, a big long video series to watch. So you tell us about it. Yeah. So I found this great article I stumbled across from one of my blogs because again, I have ha happy blogs in my RSS feed. And um, one of the bloggers I follow was linking to this post in Thrillist called, You Can Thank Instagram for Your Rose Obsession. So I am one of those people that. It has become a fan of the rosé. <laughs> and it was so fascinating to read this article that basically says that Instagram is single-handedly responsible for this surge and popularity of rosé, which was sort of thought of this like sort of trashy, lowbrow drink until Instagram. And it's because it's so photogenic. Anyway, you can read the article. It's fascinating. It reminded me also of this article in the New Yorker from earlier in the summer about van life and the van life hashtag and the extent to which Instagram has sort of created this entire subculture around van life. And I'll link to that as well in the mentions in the show notes. Just the power of social media to actually dictate the way our economy functions and the way we live our lives. It, like, it's so profound. Unbelievable. I find that so astounding that the world is running out of rosé wine because of Instagram. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy town. It's crazy town. Okay, hustle. So hustle is a bit of a multi-part because I think this is so important. So hustle is all about Tristan Harris and his work. And so we will post an article from Wired where he is interviewed and explains what he wants the tech designers to do. Embedded in that article is the TED Talk by Tristan Harris, where he talks about the problem that we have with our attention and how he sees it can be resolved. 
And then I also urge you to go to timewellspent.io, which is his website. There's nothing to buy. There's no real call to action in this website other than to be aware. He's trying to start a movement to say to the technology companies of the world, like, hey, we are demanding better. We are demanding products that improve our lives and not suck the life out of them. So I think this is worth a look. Right on his main homepage in the header, there is a video. It's like a poem. It reenacts what a typical person's day in the life with social media is and how ridiculous it is. If you give him your email, he's got these three fabulous videos about looking at technology, about protecting our focus, and what if technology was conscious of your time, and what if technology was designed for human values. So these are like, what if? And I'm saying like, why not? Like, why can't we have this? I think it's so exciting that this conversation is happening. He has a small donate button there if you wish, but it's like just an awareness and he's trying to create movement. So I am definitely going to be continue to follow him. I'm going to be like one of those super fans of his, like whatever he does before he puts it out, I will buy it, pre-order it, whatever. Yeah, he's a cool guy for sure. And the title of that article in Wired Magazine, just to give you all context, is called Social media has hijacked our minds. Click here to fight it. To me, the most powerful thing he says in that article is that technology steers what 2 billion people are thinking and believing every day. It's possibly the largest source of influence over 2 billion people's thoughts that has ever been created. Religions and governments don't have that much influence over people's daily thoughts. And Tristan was an ethicist at Google. So he comes from the rooms. (laughs) He comes from having worked in the rooms where these thinkers are creating these tools that are designed to control the way we think and live. So he, he really comes from that place. And now he's sort of stepping out and creating this social movement around awareness related to technology. So this is worth diving into. I don't want to scare anyone away or have you shy away from living a life online and and building a business online, but it's just intended to make you a little bit more aware of the implications of your choices and hopefully be able to have a little bit more control over how you live and work. Yeah. And with that, we will end this episode. If you guys like what you are hearing, we would love to have a rating and review from you. So head over to soulful.mba slash iTunes. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample. <laughs>